Hello, Duck fans! It's been less than a week since Sports Apocalypse hit, but we're going to continue staying positive and working hard to bring you information. You see, I think there's a fine line between uh, continuing to have fun and bringing you information and this sort of escapism that I've heard a lot of podcasters talking about, right? You're going to be wanting to tune in and hear something out there. You're, you may be stuck at home. You could be stuck at work with fewer people, and I appreciate you listening. But today we've got a special treat. We have a friend of the podcast and producer of World Renowned Sports, Kevin McCormick, joining us for some interview and discussion about how coronavirus has impacted the world. And we're also going to talk about the NFL collective bargaining agreement and a few notes about that. But we're going to kick off the show talking about some uh, former Oregon Ducks in the NFL world and a major commitment just hit uh, Oregon football. And then we're going to talk about how the NCAA tournament changes are affecting our Oregon Ducks. So let me just reach down here and flip this switch. It's official. Oregon is going to be in the BCS championship game. Welcome to Locked on Ducks, your daily source for info, updates, and analysis. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and you can always find me on Twitter at the Dustoff Guy. And if you want to follow the show, you can always find it on Twitter at Locked On Ducks. If Facebook is your jam, go ahead and look me up, Jordan Long. My avatar picture there will be uh, the Locked On Ducks logo. So if that's the way you do business, go ahead and send me a message on there. We do love feedback from the listeners. In fact, uh, during this time of, well, frankly, crisis during this time, uh, your info is much appreciated. We had a meeting at the Locked On headquarters, so to speak, on Friday and talked about uh, ways to continue bringing program to all of you loyal listeners, continue bringing programming on a daily basis. Uh, we talked about things like, you know, Madden Mondays, where I program an Oregon duck into the Madden simulator and play some football games and see how he does. You know, I want to know, would you like to hear something like that? We talked about potentially doing some where are they now stuff, where whether it was uh, from worst to first, taking a look at where the Oregon Ducks have wound up. Uh, I know on my uh, Emerald City Sports podcast, before I started doing this, I did a Mount Duckmore on President's Day, which was a Mount Rushmore of Oregon Ducks uh, players. Uh, do something like that. I also like this day in history. We talked about getting social media involvement on what games you would like to hear talked about, you know, whether it's, you know, the famous pick, something like that. We want to go ahead and uh, play the game and, uh, or watch the game and announce when I'm going to watch it and get social media feedback on it and then discuss it during a show. So lots of great ideas out there. Anyway, the point is, I'd really like to hear from you about what sorts of things you want to hear about or listen to while we wait for... Uh, the disposition of football and basketball, Oregon Ducks football and basketball going forward. I'm going to do my best to be bringing you news from around the league and updates on how the coronavirus is affecting the sports world. But I really want to hear from you. So reach out to the podcast 
at uh, on Twitter using the hashtags AskLodPod. That's hashtags AskLodPod, or send me a message on Facebook the way I described earlier. Really appreciate it. Love listener participation. I like to think of it as the People's Podcast. And of course, if uh, if you haven't already, uh, reach down there and hit the. Uh, subscribe or the follow button on whatever podcast player you're listening on and whether or not you listen to it every day i I hope you do but just hit that uh, subscribe button go ahead if you're listening to apple Podcasts, leave five out of five stars and if you don't think i deserve five stars that's okay uh leave five stars anyway but tell me why in a review and i'll go ahead and get it fixed for you but now on to the action so in the nfl in the national football league we've seen a a couple of big uh, name former Oregon Ducks get signed to contracts, and uh, the first one is not too surprising. That's to Anthony Thomas. Uh, he was re-signed by the Ravens for a one-year deal. I don't know if you all remember, but he was uh, fifth round, 124th overall pick by Kansas City in 2014. He's 27 years old now and has pretty much been used by the Ravens as a return specialist. Very effective. Uh, He's returned 13 punts for 93 yards and returned 10 kickoffs for 166 yards uh, in only eight games. So that's pretty good stuff. And looking forward to watching him in another another year with the Ravens. But in kind of a big news, speaking of uh, mock draft Mondays, DeForest Buckner was traded to the Colts for the 13th overall pick in the 2020 draft. This was reported by Adam Schefter just before I recorded this podcast. Now, the Colts have agreed to an extension, and we don't know the details except that it averages about $21 million a year. DeForest Buckner was the seventh overall pick in 2016. He was actually drafted by none other than our own Chip Kelly, uh, coach down there at uh, UCLA. But anyway, he was drafted by the 49ers and Chip Kelly in 2016 and has been super productive and really I this pick kind of blows my mind uh hopefully in a later show maybe closer to draft time we'll get into some details but with the Colts giving up the 13th pick they will not be drafting Justin Herbert at number 13 which is where many many mock drafts had had Justin going so we're going to continue to monitor that situation in Oregon Ducks football signing news Ty Thompson quarterback he's Uh, The first major Joe Moorhead recruitment. Really happy to see that uh, Joe's hit the ground running. Maybe he was working with him before uh, he came to Oregon. But in any case, he is part of the 2021 recruitment class and is a hard commit for that year. He's a four-star 24-7 sports composite recruit. Well over .9 from Mesquite High School from Gilbert, Arizona. He has... He had offers from Arizona, ASU, Boise State, Cal. Uh, We're going to have more to come on him. I got to watch the tape, dive into the details of his high school career, and we'll put him. We already did the quarterbacks for spring training, but we're definitely going to do our foundational review of players on Ty Thompson. That recruitment actually put the 2021 recruitment class into the top 10 in the national rankings. Uh. But enough about football, let's talk NCAA. So uh, NCAA uh, basketball president Mark Emmert said that Rudy Gobert, as we talked about on Friday, and everybody who's been following sports and the coronavirus knows that Rudy Gobert was tested positive for coronavirus. And 
uh, Mark said that that was the exclamation point, quote unquote, in his decision to cancel the tournament. If you remember, even into Thursday, they were looking at holding the NCAA tournament, but with no fans. But when Rudy came up positive and the impact of uh, sick players and how that would affect traveling around, uh, the NCAA president said that that was basically the, the the decision, the deciding factor. Coach Altman said Peyton, uh, he and Peyton Pritchard were talking about how important it is versus kind of how sobering it became on Thursday. That as the news came down, they were uh, sort of talking about how really important it is to continue on with the tournament. But as the news came out, it was a really sobering event. In fact, the two were interviewed. Uh, I got some audio from the Pac-12 tournament. Let's listen to that for just a minute. Well, you'd like to, to be able to finish the season, but this, you know, this is so much bigger than basketball. And, you know, the people who are making this decision have a lot more information than we have. There's a health crisis going on, and, and uh, you know, we need to be aware of that. Uh, and this is just a small part of it, but you start breaking it down with even like, Peyton's family, his grandfather, you know, what if, you yeah. know, he's following the team and, you know, something that happens to him, you know, you put everything in perspective, you know, from what I've been reading, this may go on for quite a while. As much as we'd like to finish the season, uh, this is much bigger than basketball and, uh, you know, it's just part of life. Peyton, your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's the same what Coach said, I mean, it is. It's just much bigger in basketball, and you know, during this time, everybody just gotta be, be safe and try to get healthy, and that's the most important thing right now. All right, thanks for listening. Some really good stuff there from Peyton Pritchard and Coach Dana Altman. Um, gosh, yeah, it's uh, gonna go on for a while, and the most important thing is to stay healthy and uh, look forward, not back. Look up, not down, and do the best we can. As far as the NCAA is concerned, there was no Sunday selection show, as per the NCAA. Normally, they select uh, 68 teams on Sunday. Conference champions, of course, get auto-automatic seating. Uh, You know, and despite this, a bunch of coaches did take to Twitter and said that teams deserve recognition and that actually holding the Sunday selection show would have provided that recognition. Uh, according to Dan Gabbett, the vice president of NCAA men's basketball, he said that the idea of trying to salvage a bracket, quote unquote, was a remote possibility. But by Sunday afternoon, it was a done deal. He said that nothing is more important than the health of the students, even if it's the heartbreak of the athletes. So health of the student versus heartbreak of the athletes. I think that about sums it up. All right, we got to take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Kevin McCormick, the world-renowned historian and producer of World-Renowned Sports on YouTube. Welcome to Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Jordan Long, and as I promised, we're joined by Kevin McCormick. He may not be number one on the depth chart, but he's number one in all our hearts, the producer of World Renowned Sports on YouTube. How you doing, Kevin? Who's number one on the death chart? Give me his name. Death Death Chart. We're not doing death charts yet. Come on, man. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about the uh, 
uh, how coronavirus is uh, affecting the sports world. Yeah. Because there have been a ton of changes. First of all, uh, the NBA was the first to step up, right? Rudy Gobert sliming his coronavirus all over the reporter's microphones I and then almost kind of feel bad for him because he didn't know and like nobody knew right like, like first of all like i took a long nap that day when i went to sleep it was still nothing and i woke up and like the nba was canceled everybody hated rudy and like tom hanks was dying <laughs> i was yeah. like how long did i sleep I was like, what the hell is happening <laughs> wake up in a time capsule anyway yeah rudy like I, it's very stupid and irresponsible what he did, but you almost got kind of got a feel for the guy. Like nobody knew back then, right? You no, know, right. things, well, things changed rapidly. Not just that, but uh, I got a chance on Friday to talk a little bit about his, uh, the fact that the guy has coronavirus. Yeah, like he's suffering as a result of his stupidity. Right, <laughs> and I encourage listeners to go out there and uh, read his tweet where he apologized because it was a heartfelt like yeah. I'm an idiot. And I'm sorry I did that. Don- donated, have... donated a bunch of money to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the NBA canceled operations, uh, suspended operations. And do you think that they're going to try and revive them in a couple weeks with like an abridged playoff format? Or is this it for 2020 NBA? I, I've heard uh, conflicting rumors. Um, I, I've heard both that they're just going to pick up the season uh, where it left off. Just press the play button. Uh, I've also heard that they'll just cut uh, straight to playoffs, which it w- would probably make the most sense. You know, they've shortened seasons yeah. uh, twice due to lockouts before. This is obviously uncharted territory. They've never uh, uh, canceled a season midway through right. before. But a, sh- a truncated season is uh, charted territory for them. So uh, that would al- almost kind of be my preference. Really, the only team that stands to uh, possibly, you know, have suffer some negative effects from that is your Portland Trailblazers who were battling for that eighth spot. Right on the outside looking in. But, you know, all things considered, let's be honest, they probably weren't going anywhere. Right. And most of the seeds, most of the playoff teams were already yeah. set. Losing, so be... losing to L.A. in four games. Um, they, they win one, and most, then Most LA, likely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, most likely. So, yeah, it's, it's not... Uh, uh, I don't think anybody would really suffer major playoff implications. You know, all the teams there would be the ones that were there. Right, so that's, right. That, w- that would be my preference, personally. Well, the uh, players coming back from injury like, you know, Steph Curry or some of these other guys who didn't have an impact on the season would suddenly have a chance to force a playoff run. Um, I, I side on the uh, part of caution. And, of course, earlier in the show I played a clip of uh, Dana Altman and Peyton Pritchard saying that, you know, the most important thing is uh, health, you know. Absolutely. And, um, earlier in the show I said uh, that... VP of the NCAA men's basketball, Dan Gavitt, just had this, and this really, this quote kind of sums it up for me, and that is, the health of the students is more important than the heartbreak of the athletes. I could not agree more. That's, uh, I couldn't couldn't agree more and I couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Yep. And, and so that brings us to the NCAA. And the NCAA was uh, hesitant. They were going to go forward with no spectators and continue to hold the brackets. And well, TV uh, revenue is still a thing. It, t- TV revenue is a <laughs> thing. And as we know, I don't think it's any secret and I'm not tell- telling tales out of school here, but the NCAA has been one of the more money grubbing sort of institutions out there, even more so than the NFL. I'm, I'm not going to say what I think about that organization because I don't want to, uh, you know, sully your, your, your sterling podcast. Here, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, they obviously made the right decision, probably under, um, immense public pressure. Uh, if we could just double back to the NBA just very, very, yeah, briefly, no, absolutely. very briefly, absolutely. uh, 
I, it's interesting seeing all these players donating all this money. You know, Zion Williamson's a, a 20-year-old recent millionaire. He's, came, he's came still under nothing. a rookie contract, too. Came from nothing. Uh, where's the owner of the Pelicans in this? Uh, to, to my knowledge, the only owners that have uh, stepped up to the plate are uh, the Falcons owner, Arthur Blank, and uh, our, everybody's uh, man you love to hate, Mark Cuban. Yeah. So, uh, the silence there is deafening, in my opinion, as all these players, you know, their employees are, are doing the right thing. Yeah. But where are these guys? Yeah, uh, hopefully this becomes a more widespread effort to reimburse uh, the the staff, right? right? Because these, and and I've, I've looked for work at the Rose Garden, oh, sorry, uh, Moda Center. <laughs> Rose Garden, shout out to all of us who, you know, lived before 2000. The OGs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of us who worked the the rose garden, it's a it's seasonal work, and you depend on it. You say, okay, I'm good for now, and you know, come you know basketball time, I'm going to be able to make X amount of money. Yeah, and that's just how it is. So, d- definite shout out to all those players and personnel and owners who are making up the difference. And I think that is definitely one bright spot amidst all of this. And what it's going to do is it's going to start that conversation so that when this stuff goes beyond two weeks the owners will be prepared to deal with it yeah uh so the ncaa uh they decided to cancel their their sunday selection show so they didn't release the 68 uh seating brackets that that they were expected to but um all in all again uh the health of the the people is more important than the heartbreak of the athletes i think the ncaa in the end made the right decision the, the extra year of eligibility was the absolute perfect way to handle this. And I never thought I, in the year of our Lord 2020, I hear myself say the NCAA handled this perfectly, but there you have it. Well, and that brings us to the NFL. And the NFL has actually been really interesting because the CBA was scheduled to be completed on Saturday, and it was, and we're going to talk about that in a second. And then the legal tampering period, quote unquote, uh, opened up on Sunday afternoon and we're experiencing that now. And I talked at the beginning of the show about some changes to some uh, former Oregon Ducks and free agency opens on Wednesday. But the word in the NFL is that they're going to continue with the draft as scheduled. I sure hope that doesn't mean with the audience. That that makes absolutely no sense. When you can do all of this remotely, you can just handle it as if it's a fantasy draft. Who oh, cares? Yeah, right. They, they have cameras inside this, this, these guys' houses anyway. They can show cell phone cameras. I kind of like it when they find out at home rather than come and out and hug Roger yeah, Goodell. Yeah, they're surrounded it. by yeah. f- you know, friends and loved ones. Yeah, it's, it's always really cute and adorable. And, you know, obviously this isn't a reason to do it, but this has the potential to become some really compelling and unique television. Because, I mean, that, that is a concern, right? No, no, it, absolutely. It is, it is entertainment. And this could become like a really, like, unique historical capsule of this era that 50 years later they're going to be like oh that that draft has no audience it's just goodell staring at or standing on an empty stage which (laughs) it could be the only time where we get roger goodell not getting booed (laughs) at the at the announcement goodell's all for it (laughs) he's like i I don't want an audience (laughs) so the cba came out on saturday and and i uh appreciate the the listening audience you know as you know here on locked on ducks we do like to talk about the national shows and the national programs uh but before we get into the cba its ramifications and some of the fallout from the coronavirus on these various sports we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be back in just a second with kevin mccormick 
uh, producer of World Renowned Sports on YouTube and our discussion of sports in the world of coronavirus. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks. This is your host, Jordan Long, and I'm here with Kevin McCormick, producer of World Renowned Sports. Uh, before we get jump back into the CBA and the NFL, I do want to talk some Ducks-related news. And uh, Kevin, so freaking DeForest Buckner being traded to the Colts. for a, This is basically saying that DeForest Buckner right now is a 13th overall pick. I don't know anybody that would disagree with that. He was a massive, and that's not just referring to the guy's size. He was a massive part of that defense last year. So you're saying in four years, he goes from a 7th pick to a 13th pick. Was he picked seven overall? He was seventh overall in 2016. Okay, well, any, really anywhere in the top, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Really, in, anywhere in the top uh, half of the first round, like he's absolutely worth that, and he's about to. Uh, they're going to back up the Brinks truck for that guy, as they should. Oh, for he's, sure. Yeah, he's uh, he's a centerpiece on a defense. You know, he's he's a uh, Bosa, uh, Reggie White, uh, uh, name name Lawrence Taylor. He's a guy who who you have to scheme around. Right. So yeah, he's he's going to be huge for them. Uh, I assume this means that the Phil Rivers deal is basically uh, done and inked. It has to be. One of the things we mentioned at the top of the show was the fact that the Colts can no longer be interested in Justin Herbert at this point. And Justin Herbert going 13 to the Colts was one of the mainstays of draft proposals. That was certainly my prediction. Leading and up to about, you know, two hours ago. Right. Yeah, that, that was definitely my prediction. And it, it's looking like it may not even be Tampa because they're uh, going hard after Brady. Yeah. So if that happens, or if they do decide to stick with Jameis, as uh, Arians has suggested he may, uh, Herbert may uh, drop and somebody's going to get a really, really good guy uh, late, later than they should. Yeah, I think you know? the Patriots should still try to go after him. I think uh, so. That'd be great. Uh, is this I'm, not the most interesting draft in years, and I'm not just saying that because I'm more involved now than yeah. I was like ten years ago. <laughs> now it's your job, or because it, yeah, right, yeah. or or because the coronavirus has made it the only thing we're paying attention to. But it's literally like one of the most. I feel like there's more involvement and intrigue than there ever has been. Uh, th throw a rock and you hit a dramatic storyline. <laughs> like th there's the the tenth best storyline out of this draft would be the first best in any other draft. Yes, uh, I've I've. Compared uh, Justin Herbert to a number of guys, I think his ceiling is Carson Wentz. I think his floor is Josh Allen. Okay. I, th I think the Pats uh, leans him more towards the Wentz territory. Yeah. So that would be a great fit for him. Absolutely. And I think that really is uh, the the future of the NFL is trying to find a balance between Russ Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like a consistent Carson Wentz. I mean, if Russ Wilson and, and Roethlisberger have a baby, you get Joe Burrow. So yeah. Okay, we'll talk about Joe, Joe Burrow <laughs> in the episode. So getting back to the NFL CBA. So on Saturday, the CBA passed. And what one of the things that's really interesting about this particular CBA is it almost didn't pass. I mean, the vote was 50-50. We're talking Very close. 1,019 to 959. That's a difference of 60 dudes yeah. in a field of 2,000. That's a close vote. Like a half a percent, something like that? Totally, totally close. Uh, the, the Some of the things to note from the CBA, uh, two more teams are now in the playoff field. Hate so it. Hate it. Really? I really hate it, yeah. I, I, I like exclusive, exclusivity in playoffs. I think Major League Baseball has it right. Uh, I think the NBA has it, uh, frankly, exactly wrong. And I, I love the NBA playoffs, but... I don't want to see like a bottom field of just trash teams that are like bare 500 or even sub 500 is what we're going to get now. 
It's just like the NBA anymore. But does it make a difference that they're playing one game instead of seven? I, I mean, yeah. We're, we're going to see a lot more upsets in the NFL because that's just the nature of the sport. Upsets are pretty exciting stuff. That's true. It will. Ma- it, it's going to make for some dramatic television. Particularly when you're looking at, I think it was 2014 maybe, Chip Kelly Eagles, who actually would have been the seventh team looking in when the when they lost went like four and one or three and one down the stretch to right. or one and three down the stretch to hand it to the Cowboys. Right. Now, every, everybody's gonna yell at me about the Beast Quake game where they were, you know, <laughs> seven and nine and knocked off, you know, the the, the Saints. And, right. Yeah, right. Th- those things happen and football is so dramatic because the playoffs are literally March Madness. It's one and done. Yeah. So I I'm talking myself into liking it actually. <laughs> <laughs> and we got seventeen games now. I Hate I, it. I honestly Hate I, it. I Right, but now, I wasn't able to find a whole lot, and please, hit us up on hashtags AskLodPod, that's hashtag AskLodPod, if you can clarify this, but I didn't find anything about an abridged uh, preseason. I was told that they're going to cut two preseason games. You would think, right? To, to, to be able to play season, 17 which games. Which is absolutely, absolutely what it always should have been. There right. should, never should have been four preseason games. There's one to knock the rust off, and one to actually, like... Get your scheme like down, and then you're gonna hit the ground running in week one. You know, right, you don't right. need any more than that. You, and you can you can still evaluate. You can play all, all your you know. You can play on. the B team for a half exactly, and then play the A team for the second half exactly, and then you can play a full game to knock the rust off, and then you hit the ground running in the regular season. And coaches can use that if they want to play the B team the whole time and 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 lose their first game to knock the rust off. Fine, that's, absolutely. That's actually one of the Patriots moves. What? If you're starting a 42-year-old at quarterback, that's probably, <laughs> you're probably, probably what you should idea. do. Yeah. Uh, the salary cap increased to $198.2 million, which is a shitload of money, but... I, I'm so old, I remember when it was sub-$100 million. My God, that's, man. Yeah, things are changing. We live in the future. But really, one of the things that's so fascinating about this is it includes a media kicker going forward. So we're going to have increased player revenues over the next several years, which but great. they're implementing a media kicker. Based on being a, appearing in prime time and having your name out there, and I think that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I agree. It, it, if it's your name, make money off it. Absolutely, it, it encourages guys to, um, uh, you know, become uh, characters. It encourages you know fun sack dances, which I'm so so happy they've allowed this back in the league. All well, this like like defenses getting together and posing for a photo. No, oh, it's so nobody, good. Nobody and a, no fun league yeah, days of right, like right. Five, six years ago or whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. We're like guys were getting fined for things in the early 2000s that would be absolutely just go go to town. Today, yeah. Which is yeah. awesome. I love it. Well, speaking of which, I've heard a lot of people say, and, and you know, I know there are other podcasters who listen to this podcast, so I'm, I'm not trying to call you out, but there are other people who say that the WWE would suffer from a coronavirus-style limiting of participants. But you actually watched SmackDown with no audience. I I did, and it was uh, fantastic. It was a really... Really? As I was saying about the NFL draft, it was a really unique and... uh, Was it good because it was unique? Like, if if we had a year of no audience, would it not be good? Or, like, like, what are we talking about here? As a... As a professional wrestling, old school professional wrestling guru, like, sure. like what do we got here? I think that a year would be a bad idea. Uh, I, I think that would be uh, antithetical to the spirit of professional wrestling. Uh-huh. But as as an artifact, like as its own unique thing, as, as a you know artifact of this time, 
it was a really, really interesting watch. And it was, frankly, a really entertaining, good show. Uh, largely due to Triple H and him being just uh, unbelievably talented on commentary. But. If you had less talent at not only the commentary position, but in the, in the ring itself, do you think that a lack of an audience would wreak havoc? With the performance, yeah, that yeah, I do. That's that's probably exactly the case. It's it largely due to uh, the people there being, uh, you know, in the top half percent in the world at what they do. You know, and I and I think that speaks to the fact that the sports world is going to weather this. You know, if we had to have the NCAA tournament, and I'm totally on board with with March Madness being canceled. Like let I, let me be clear about that. But if this goes for longer than a month or two, and a lot of people think it will. I mean, uh, viruses are known to go dormant in the summertime and sure. then come back even more strong in the fall. Okay, let's say that's the case. I think that all sports can weather a season of no audience participation. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be talked about. It'll be memorable. You know, when I think about, what was it, 2011? What was the lockout in the NFL? Oh God! Uh, I think it was 2011. Wasn't there, there, it? there was uh, there was one in the early 80s. I mean, the last time, like, the... so, like, anyway, my point was that, and 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 there, it's no secret here that I'm an Eagles fan. So, so Michael Vick comes back from this like lockout that was settled right before the season started, mm -hmm. where they weren't allowed to have spring practice, and he played like garbage. Hmm. But what we have is the fallout from that. Okay, this is sure. just history in the process, history sure. in the making, you know. Pro probably a good comparison is, uh, I don't know, just thinking about like World War II, you know, the, the a league of their own, like ladies baseball league. Like what a unique and interesting artifact of that time that is. Can you imagine what people were saying at the time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, before we finish up today, I do want to address uh, the, the CBA and how it talked about THC. And drug testing, I'm going to read a quote here, so I apologize to everybody on radio who hates it when quotes are read, but I want to, this is per <laughs> NFL.com, changes to the drug policy included a reduction in penalties for players who test positive for THC, eliminating suspensions solely based on positive tests, an abbreviated testing window from four months to two weeks at the start of training camp, and a significant increase in the threshold for positive tests. Nanogram limits are raised from 35 to 150. What's up, Josh Gordon? Oh, I know. How you doing? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I will forever wonder if this guy had been given a pass on, on weed. Yeah. If he hadn't fallen into something worse. I, I don't know enough about Josh Gordon to know whether he was uh, self-medicating uh, for pain or if he just really liked weed. Uh, frankly, I don't care. If if you really liked weed, I think he should, still should have been able to play. Um, yeah. And any any action they've taken against him should be uh, eradicated, in my opinion. And he should be just welcomed back into the league with open arms. Uh, it's Justin Blackman too, by the way. Uh, well, he's got the the DUI. Well, problem the the, the stories are innumerable, and that's yeah. why this is such an important step by the CBA. And I kind of wonder if this was a reason for the holdup. Was them saying, "Look, guys, you've got to put something in here." that addresses the issue of a non-addictive yeah. drug that can deal with pain. I, I mean, really, like you know, this is this is real life stuff. My my favorite sport on planet Earth requires its participants to uh, enter themselves into uh, sixty 
car crashes in a two-hour span oh, oh, right. over uh, uh, 16, uh, 16 times a year and as soon to be 17 times a year. And uh, them being able to medicate themselves safely for the pain in their physical bodies that's going to cause, uh, that makes me feel a little better about uh, this being my favorite sport. Yeah, I mean, we take care of the players, they're going to take care of us. And that's the idea. I do really appreciate you all listening. Is there anything you wanted to bring up before we close it out today? Yeah, just uh, just one more note on the CBA, if I could. Uh, yeah. It was definitely a strong case of the uh, haves versus the have-nots. Um, I make no bones about myself being a Packers fan. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was one of the most uh, vocal proponent or people against this. Right. Uh, but everybody against it was like a household name and everybody that was for it were all these guys like in the trenches like the guys you've never heard of right like 60 percent of the league is playing for like the, their minimum salary i didn't know that before this uh vote came to pass and all all those guys are getting a raise so yes it was half a million dollars does not it, it half a million dollars seems like a a crap load to us but most of most NFL players aren't making some millions and millions of dollars contract. Yes, hundred percent. It's uh, very, very much a case of haves versus have-nots. Yeah. And uh, I was against it because Aaron was against it. But reading up on it now and seeing that all these guys are getting a raise, I'm all for it. Well, let me ask you this, and and we got a couple minutes here, so we can do it. But uh, and I appreciate you listening. I mean, this is good dialogue, and it needs to be had, and we're going to continue to have it over the course of the coronavirus issue. But with the NFL continuing forward on the draft, is this a bad look for the NFL to be parading out there people who are going to be making millions of dollars in compared to, you know, your Uber driver who suddenly isn't making any money? I don't think so. I, I've, I've never taken that tack. You know, I, people who... I'm not really like a, a full-throated capitalist, but people who put themselves into a giant revenue stream and people who are millions of people are watching this sport because of you, uh, where, where should this money go? Should the owners make more? Right. The money is there. The money is there because of us. Because 15 million people watch Sunday Night Football, that money is there. So where should it go? Should it be redistributed to oh, teachers? And, you know, I... Ma, I love you, and we've had this argument a hundred times, but tickets are what they cost. The cost of tickets is not related to player salaries. Please stop arguing with me about this, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> so no, I, I, I don't I, I don't see the, the two situations as related. I don't I don't think it's a bad look at all. Um I'm just I'm happy for guys getting paid who uh, worked hard and deserve it. Uh, period, end of story. I, I believe that about any industry, really. If you if you worked your tail off, if you grinded as as, as these guys do, right. and it worked out for you, more power to you, brother. I'm 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 just happy for these guys, you know. And I, that's not to say that I'm against Uber drivers. Like I obviously want them to be supported yeah, or service too. industry people obviously. or all this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I want them to be supported too. But these guys who were born with godlike athletic talent. And then suddenly said, oh, wait, that's not enough. I have to work eight hours a day to be the absolute best in the world at this. And that's what they did. And well, not just that, they but they're, born, they're born into families with, with more siblings than I had and less support than I had. Uh, often incredible poverty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad look at all. I think that's a uh, success story that should be celebrated. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, really appreciate you listening. This has been Locked on Ducks with Jordan Long, your host, and I'm here with Kevin McCormick. Kevin, where can they find you at? You can find me on uh, YouTube. I'm not going to tell you where. It's a scavenger hunt. <laughs> or or you can find me on Twitter at uh, a really terrible Twitter handle, AUCTORCLARUS. A-U-C-T-O-R-C-L-A-R-U-S. And let's all uh, jump on the Ask Lodpod uh, hashtag to ask Jordan to tweet out a picture of his studio. (laughs) It smells better than the last time I was in here. Oh my god. But it looks significantly worse. Okay, don't worry, folks. Get on this, people. Don't worry, folks. (laughs) We have a good time here, and that's the point, is to have a good time with our hosts, with our guests, and with you. Uh, Like uh, Kevin said, you can reach out to the program Using the hashtags Ask Lodpod, that's hashtags Ask L-A-D, uh, excuse me, hashtags Ask L-O-D-P-O-D, and that's on Twitter. You can always reach out. Let me know if there's something you want to hear. This is a very different time. We're not talking about the usual stuff. And if you want to hear, you know, oh, uh, a review of Kenny Wheaton's going to score, then we can do that. If you don't want to hear that kind of thing, let me know so we can do the right thing. All that having been said, I appreciate you listening. Remember to click, subscribe, or follow on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave five out of five stars. If you don't think I deserve five stars, go ahead and leave five anyway. And tell me why in a show review, and I'll fix it for you. Uh, This has been Locked on Ducks, your daily source of info, updates, and analysis. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day and go Ducks. I have a joke. Oh, I'm always down for a good joke. I like that your hashtag is ask the initials of a wrestling tag team and then the initials of a Christian new metal band. Ask L-O-D, Legion of Doom, P-O-D. And P-O-D stands for what? I don't know. That's the name of the band. Okay. They did Southtown. You know, uh, the fact that you know that means that you have a, a, a great amount to contribute. And I look forward to uh, bringing more of that insightful knowledge to the show. I guess it wasn't a, it wasn't a joke. It was more of a comment, really. Well, I'll take comments. And I appreciate it. I appreciate the listener. This is Tough Times. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Have a great day.